Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God won't bless us when we hoard. We're saying to God, hands off. Hands off my finances. And that's the problem right there. They're your finances. That's my money. That's your problem. It's not your money. It's God's money. God won't bless us when we hoard, especially if we do so out of greed. And you can be rest assured that in the end, it will become as rotten as the manna that the Israelites had hoarded. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. God hasn't directed us to store up our treasures here on earth, so why do we? Pastor J.D. explains that when we struggle with greed, we hoard instead of giving as God directs us. We want more, not less. In turn, God withholds additional blessings upon us. For as the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Don't stunt God's blessings in our lives by failing to give as He commands. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. with his continuing study, Money and Giving. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according, speaking of the manna, according to each one's need. One amr for each person, according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by the amrs, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. And here it is. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. In other words, no hoarding. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses. But some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. I like that word, stank. (laughs) It stunk, man. And Moses was angry with them. Now, here again is what I believe is the important reason that Paul quotes this account in Exodus, really for two reasons, chief of which is because we as Christians are prone to hoard. And there's a reason why we have this proclivity to hoarding. It's because... We lack faith. It's really evidence of our lack of faith and trust in God to provide. If you really think about it, the children of Israel, why would they gather more than they really needed and sort of stockpile it and hoard it for the next day? Did they not really believe that God would not provide the next day as he said he would? Yes. It was a lack of faith. It was a lack of trust in God to provide what they needed at the time that they needed. Now here's the thing. If you're anything like me, and I know that you are, (laughs) because you're a sinner too, (laughs) we 
not only want God to provide what we need, we want God to provide what we want. And that's a problem. God has promised that whatever we have need of, He will provide. Well, something goes unprovided. I would submit it was unneeded. And we're so clever in the way that we do this, like we can somehow trick God into thinking that the want is really a need. Oh God, I need it. No, you don't. In fact, if you could see from my perspective, the end from the beginning, beginning, not only will you realize that you don't need it, you don't even want that. That's where we say that we're so thankful for the prayers that God did not answer. Because were he to answer the prayer that we prayed and given us that which we wanted, it would have been to our own peril. God knows the end from the beginning, and God knows what's best for us. And oftentimes he will withhold that which we deem best for ourselves, because he knows in the end that it would not be good. Every good and perfect gift, James says, comes from the Father above. There's no changing of his mind. There's no shifting variation of shadow. He's not back and forth. No, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. In other words, if you've not been given that which you have asked for, it's not that God is withholding from you. It's really that God is protecting you and not giving you that which could really be destructive and even dangerous to you. This is why I believe it is that God does not answer Christians' prayers concerning the winning of the lottery. <laughs> okay, okay, now, can we talk? <laughs> can we talk? Listen, come on, you guys. Listen, and you've watched the same shows I have, right? The lives that are destroyed by people who have just come into this massive wealth so quickly, and they end up alcoholics and divorced and addicted to drugs and in prison. And that's just the ones that, that handled it. <laughs> I mean, we, we know that, but deep down inside we're like, yeah, but I think I could handle it. Hey, I would give God 10%. No, you won't. No, listen, if you're not faithful with the little, you won't be faithful with the much. Listen, if you can't give God a hundred dollars as a tithe of that thousand, then who do you think you are to say that I will give God a hundred thousand dollars of that million? You won't. You won't. It's infinitely more difficult to give the hundred thousand on the million than it is the thousand on the ten thousand. I hope my math is right because some of you are looking at me like, is that 10%? Let's just say that it is. You can correct me afterwards graciously. <laughs> the other problem with hoarding is that it's evidence of our greed. I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's just greed. I think it was the wealthy Rockefeller who was asked how much more money he wanted to which he responded, just one dollar more. With greed, it's never enough. With greed, it's never enough. Greed is never satiated. 
And when we hoard and we stockpile, what we're saying is, God, I'll take care of myself. I'll provide for myself. And what happens is the love of money creeps in. And this is what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in his first epistle, chapter 6, that the love of money is the root. The love of money, not money. Money's neutral. You can do good with money. You can do evil with money. It's amoral. Money can be used for moral and immoral purposes. It's not money that is the root of all evil. It is the love. It's the greed. That's what is the root of all evil. And it's very interesting. Paul says that many who have sought after it in their greed for it and their love of it have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. What's the takeaway here? Well, the takeaway is that God won't bless us when we hoard. We're saying to God, hands off. Hands off my finances. And that's the problem right there. They're your finances. That's my money. That's your problem. It's not your money. It's God's money. God won't bless us when we hoard, especially if we do so out of greed. And you can be rest assured that in the end, it will become as rotten as the manna that the Israelites had hoarded. Of this one commentator aptly noted, all that we have is manna. And just as manna, which was hoarded to excess out of greed or lack of faith, immediately putrefied, so we should have no doubt that riches which are heaped up at the expense of our brethren are accursed and will soon perish, and their owner will be ruined with them. There's that word ruin again. You know, when we tithe and we give our money to the Lord, what we're saying is, is that we acknowledge his ownership. We're the stewards of everything, the owner of nothing. He owns it all. It all came from him to begin with. As it's been said, it's not that we're giving to the Lord, we're giving back to the Lord what already belongs to him. And when it comes to the tithe, it's not that we're giving 10%, it's that he allows us to be the manager of 90% of his money that we keep and be the stewards of. Well, the second reason Paul quotes Exodus is because it speaks to the truth. And this is the truth, that God will always provide all that we need just as he provided Israel with the manna from heaven. I find it interesting that Paul would take it a step further and say that the measure in which we give will be reciprocated by the measure that we will receive. Now, that's not to say that that's why we give. That's the, the, not the reason we give. But it is a biblical principle nonetheless. I've been walking with the Lord for over 30 years. In fact, January of 2017 will be 35 years, because I came to Christ in the month of January, actually. I don't remember the day I had killed too many brain cells. It's all a blur, but (laughs) it was January of 1982. And the Lord has never failed me. The Lord has never failed me. The Lord has always provided everything that I have ever needed. 
When I, as a young believer, was in business, I was in the business world, I owned my own business, God blessed my business, I never lacked for anything. Every year I would come in the black, I was never in the red. God always provided. I always had, even over and above, that which I really had need of. I wanted to honor the Lord. I learned early on, by the grace of God, I I was taught well. And early on, I read the word all the way through for the first time as a new believer from Genesis to Revelation. And that was a game changer in my life because it really established a foundation, deep roots. And I had no idea at the time as a young believer how important that would be. Got me set on the right track. And when it came to the area of money, I was never taught growing up how to handle money. I watched my dad lose a lot of money in his business ventures. And we were never rich growing up. And by the way, it's not rich a relative term when you think about the lifestyle, the standard of living in America as opposed to other parts of the world. But God has always provided. And even when I got into the ministry and into the pastorate, that was a a whole new world for me coming out of the corporate world. And I just watched God do amazing and miraculous things and the way that he would provide. And you're sitting in the latest miracle by God providing all that we needed in order for us to finish this building. One of the contractors, in fact, it was the um, mason uh, contractor for the concrete. We put a lot of money into concrete in this thing, I want you to know. Uh, he left a message on Eric's uh, voicemail, and Eric let me listen to it. And this is not a believer, by the way, and I want you to uh, listen to what he said. He said, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> That's all he could say, wow. This is unbelievable. There, there's, there's, I've never seen anything like this before. I mean... It, This was a Nehemiah getting the wall done in 52 days. This was a miracle that we were able to get this building done when we got it done. It was the grace of God. It was the hand of God. It was the gift of God. It was a miracle from God. He provided. And (laughs) listen, I'd love to stand up here and portray myself as this great man of faith, you know. God will provide. You have no idea of all the times I'm in the fetal position. <laughs> oh God, what are we going to do? I got, the, I got the payables in one hand and I got the bank account in the other and I'm going, oh God. <laughs> to which he responded, I think that's what we call faith, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I knew that. I knew that. Isn't it impossible to please God without faith. I know God, I'm so displeasing to you. I just, I believe, but help my unbelief. And he did. He did. And it was a miracle. It was a miracle. Well, Jesus spoke of this in the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 6, verse 38, he says, Give, and it will be given to you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now please know that this is actually in the context of mercy. You wouldn't have known that if you listened to a lot of television preachers, because they talk about this in the context of money. Give until it hurts. You know, press down, shaken together, and God will give back to you. Well, it's actually in the context of giving mercy. However, it applies to every aspect of our lives. One commentator said, this is a principle not only of finances, but of life. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Whether regarding money or mercy, goods or grace, whatever you extend will come back your way. That's the way it works in God's economy. This brings us to our third one in verses 16 through 19, which is that our giving brings honor to the Lord. I want to just say parenthetically, I was thinking about this this morning, that when we're told to honor our mother and father, and that fifth commandment, the only commandment that promises a blessing, none of the other nine commandments promise a blessing, My parents made me memorize the fifth commandment. I want you to know. Honor thy father and thy mother so that the days upon the land which the Lord thy God has given you may be long. There. I can do it in Arabic too if you want. I got, yeah, extra credit for that one. But you know that that word kind of comes from where we get our word honorarium. It's a financial term. Now stay with me on this, because this is really important. You know, in the Middle East, you won't find nursing homes. You know what you'll find in the Middle East? You'll find home additions, room additions on homes. The young, the, the adult children always care for in honor of their mother and their father by taking care of their financial needs. And That is what it's talking about. It's the same in the New Testament when we're told that those who preach the word, who labor in the teaching and the preaching of God's word, like pastors, (laughs) are worthy of double honor. Now, again, that is a financial. I have no self-serving interest in this. I probably need to be careful how I uh, say this, but... That is a financial term, double honor. They're worthy of double honor. It's in the context of the financial. And that's why when we give, it's an honor. We're honoring the Lord. In verses 16 and 17, Paul gives thanks to God for Titus having his same enthusiastic and earnest concern for them. And in verse 18, he says that they're sending with Titus another brother, again, believed to be Luke, who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. And then in verse 19, he says that this brother was chosen to accompany them with the offering administered to, listen, honor the Lord, as well as show eagerness to help. Here again, Paul is sort of echoing the Proverbs, this one in chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, which say, Honor the Lord 
with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And here's why. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, this brings us to the last one in closing, which is that giving is to be liberal. In verses 20 and 21, Paul says that they want to avoid criticism. They want to be above reproach and how they administer this liberal gift by doing both what is right in the eyes of God and also in the, in the eyes of man. And in verse 22, he says that they're sending a brother who has often proved himself zealous in many ways because of his confidence in the Corinthians. That's interesting. And in verses 23 and 24, he tells them to show these men the proof of their love. This is what we talked about last week. And the reason for his pride in them so the churches can see it. I want to close with a question that I would like to pose and leave us with. And I include myself in it as well. And here's the question. If our finances are on the brink of ruin or already in in ruin, what is the reason that God has heretofore not blessed us? It's not that God doesn't want to, it's that God can't. We oftentimes tie the hands of God's blessing with the ropes of our disobedience. Is there an area in my life where I have been disobedient in the area of finances? What has God called me to do? What has God put on my heart to do? Perhaps all of us could allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts in this regard. And I'm not just talking about necessarily the money thing too. It's often been, I think, aptly said that it's the three T's, time, treasure, and talents. We give of ourselves, as we saw earlier in the chapter, we give of ourselves first and foremost to the Lord. Lord, here am I. Here am I. And when that's set right, then everything else falls into place. When I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things will be added unto me. God truly desires to bless us in this area. God truly desires to bless us financially. Thanks for listening today to In Spirit and Truth. We hope Pastor J.D. Farag's message from the book of 2 Corinthians has blessed you and that you continue to seek God's hand in your life. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor J.D., simply visit our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on Listen at the top of the page. You'll also find a link to subscribe to our podcast or you can download messages to share with your family and friends. Did you know you can also take In Spirit and Truth with you wherever you go? It's true. Using your Apple or Android smartphone, download our mobile app and have biblically sound messages available right at your fingertips. Links to the app are right on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
We'd also like to encourage you to find and join a local church community if you haven't already. Having a group of believers to support you and learn from God with you is a great encouragement. You too will have the chance to bless others with your own unique gifts and talents. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we would joyfully welcome you into our fellowship here at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Our weekly services focus on studying God's Word and worshiping our Creator. Service times and directions can be found by going to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at the bottom of the page. That's all we have for you today here on In Spirit and Truth. Be sure to join us again as Pastor J.D. digs deeper into the book of 2 Corinthians. With you.